Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. going on guys how are y'all doing uh i know that i just finished the last stream but this video came up on my twitter someone posted it so if you're not following me on twitter make sure you do so i post some fun stuff and interact with you guys um yeah okay <laughs> i thought you'd enjoy watching this if you haven't already started watching a few minutes of it gotta turn it into a reaction why not i think a lot of people should see this uh if you haven't already watch it again so here we go and I posted the link to the original video down below if you don't want to see my face. Let's begin. Uh, I actually wrote the story and produced Indiana Jones. I didn't actually direct it. It was that other guy that looks like me. Um, uh, I'll give you two things. Um, one which I've answered a few times here around the table, so I figured I'd share it with everybody. Um, which is, you know, how did I end up where I am. Uh, and um, when I was in high school, I was a consummate underachiever. Uh, I hated school. Uh, I loved to build things. Uh, I loved woodworking. I loved uh, working on cars and engines. Worked in a foreign car service. And all I wanted to do was race cars. Um, Right before graduation, I was in a terrible automobile accident and uh, was almost killed. And as a result of that, sort of sat in a hospital for a long time thinking about my place in the world uh, and decided that I would give education another try. And uh, took my very bad grades to a junior college and discovered social science, uh, the humanities, uh, became very infatuated with uh, anthropology and psychology and 
suddenly found something that I really loved uh, and um, did very well. And then uh, when I graduated and I was about to go on to the last two years of college uh, at uh, San Francisco State to get a degree in anthropology, uh, my best friend who I'd grown up with since I was four years old uh, said, you know, come with me to, to, uh, to uh, Stockton. I have to take a test to get into USC and I don't want to do it alone and come on just take the test with me so I don't have to be there all by myself. So I said okay. So I went up there and took the test not thinking that I'd pass but I did pass and actually I got accepted at USC and I said to my friend uh, well now what am I going to do? I said I really like anthropology and I think I want to do that. And he said yeah but you, you wanted to go to art center. You really wanted to be an artist and you know this is your second choice anthropology and I did. I wanted to be an, an artist a photographer. I'd done a lot of photography and I wanted to be an illustrator. But my father said, there'll be no artists in this family. You know, that's a horrible way to make a living. Uh, and if you want to go and be an artist, then you're going to have to pay for it. And he knew me well enough to know that I wasn't about to do that. I will take the route of least resistance. I had sort of picked up my grades, but I was still an, a consummate underachiever. And uh, so he said, well, you know, SC, they've got a, a, a a department there of photography. I said, oh, that sounds good. He said, it's easier than PE. You'll love it. I said, well, okay, maybe I'll do that. So I went down there, and it wasn't a school of photography. It was a school of cinematography. And it wasn't actually a school of cinematography. It was actually a school of cinema where you learn to make movies. And I said, this is insane. You mean you go to a university and you can learn how to make movies? I never heard of such a silly thing. So, uh, and I hadn't really paid much attention to the movies when I was young. I sort of watched a little bit of television and stuff went and saw Earth versus the Flying Saucers and, you know, Bridge on the River Kwai and a few things like that. But I didn't know anything about movies. Uh, and I got there my first semester. I had to take a lot of requirements, you know, Spanish, uh, science, that sort of stuff. But I got to take two classes. One was a history of movies. Um, and growing up in a very small town with one movie theater, I hadn't seen a lot of movies. And... Um, I, we didn't get a television until I was 10. So in those days, one of the main advantages of being in a film school was when you take a history class or something, you actually got to see movies that you couldn't see. It's an amazing thing, the world you live in today, you can actually go down to a store and just get any movie that's almost ever been made. And you can see it, and then you can actually have the filmmaker, you know, in the extra bonus disc, tell you how they made it and everything. That's basically what a film school was. Uh, except you were surrounded by a lot of kids that sort of believed the same thing you did. So I got there and I learned about movies, which I really didn't know anything about in terms of the history of movies, watching really great movies. And I had a production class, Introduction to Animation, uh, where eventually they gave me one minute film and they said, here, run the camera, you know, follow these instructions, move it to the right, move it to the left, move it up, move it down. And so I took that little assignment with my one minute of film and I made a one minute movie out of it. Uh, I took a lot of still photographs and created a collage and a, a whole different way of doing animation and put a soundtrack to it. Uh, my professor was unbelievably uh, impressed with it uh, and uh, it blew everybody away in the film department and they sent it out to festivals and it won like 47 festivals. And I said, wow, I know how to do this. I'm actually pretty good. Matter of fact, I'm better than anybody here. Uh, I love this. You know, this I want to do this for the rest of my life. And so I was lucky enough to find my path, my passion. Before that, I had passions. You know, I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to build cars. 
I wanted to create things. Um, but, uh, and I liked anthropology. I really wanted, I was very interested in social science, very interested in why we do things, you know, where we came from, uh, all kinds of, you know, mythology. Um, and I realized after a few years, you know, and then I went to film school, made movies, and ended up being where I am. But I realized that I was following on everything I did, I was following something I really cared about, something I loved, something I was passionate about. And I kept following that passion, whether it was cars, whether it was anthropology, uh, whether it was art, um, photography. Um, and eventually it led me to my huge passion, my real passion, which was making movies, which combined all of those things. And I realized that had I gone on to get my degree in anthropology, I would have probably made anthropological movies in New Guinea or someplace and eventually been on National Geographic and you know the History Channel and uh, been then making features and I'd have done Star Wars just the same. If I'd have gone to Art Center and become an illustrator, I would have probably started doing animation and doing animated films and making animated things and then ultimately I would have gone on and been right where I was. So no matter which route I took, because I cared about all of them, they all led to the same place. Had I done what my father had wished me to do, which is to go into the office equipment business with him, which I knew I wasn't going to do, I knew I hated that, my life would have been unpleasant. And um, so I think it's very important not to do what your um, peers think you should do, not do what your parents think you should do or your teachers, but to do what you inside or even your culture thinks, but do what's inside you. You know, when I went to film school, everybody said, well, you're nuts. What are you going to film school for? You know, you're only, there's no, you, nobody from a film school had ever gotten a job in the film business. Just had never happened. So you were just doomed to be a ticket taker at Disneyland. So they was like, why would you do that? You know, why don't you take a major that you can actually get a job at? Why do one? But once I fell in love with it, there was no going back, even though I had absolutely no chance of making it in the film business. And I did the same thing when I um, graduated. I moved back to San Francisco. And they said, well, you can't make movies in San Francisco. You're crazy. I said, but I don't want to be in Hollywood. I don't want to do that. I don't like those kind of movies. I want to do different kind of movies. And um, they said, well, you'll fail. It'll just never happen. And we managed to make it work in San Francisco. So that's the long story of how I got here. Uh, another short story of one thing I discovered along the way is that several speakers have ever talked about happiness. And I've discovered along the way that happiness, you, have, you live in two worlds here. Happiness is pleasure and happiness is joy. You know, it can be either one. You add them up and it sort of falls under the uber category of happiness. Pleasure is short-lived. Uh, it lasts an hour, lasts a minute, lasts a month. Um, and it uh, peaks and then goes down. It peaks very high. But the next time you want to get that same peak, you have to do it twice as much. You know, it's like drugs. You, know, just, you have to keep doing it because it insulates itself, no matter what it is, whether you're shopping, uh, whether you're, uh, you know, engaged in any other kind of pleasure uh, that all has the same quality about it. On the other hand is joy, and joy is a thing that doesn't go as high as pleasure in terms of your emotional reaction, but it stays with you. Joy uh, is something you can recall. Pleasure you can't. Uh, so the secret is 
that even though it's not as intense as the pleasure, the joy will last you a lot longer. Um, and people who get the pleasure, they keep saying, well, if I can just get richer and get more cars, you know, I can, I'll never, you'll never relive the moment you got your first car. That's it. That's the highest peak. Yes, you can get three Ferraris and a new uh, uh, Gulfstream jet, and maybe you'll get close. But you have to keep going, and eventually you run out. I mean, you just can't do it. It doesn't work. So if you're trying to sustain that level of peak pleasure, you're doomed. It's a very American idea, but it just can't happen. You just let it go. Peak, great. Pleasure is fun. It's great. But you can't keep it going forever. Just accept the fact that it's here and it's gone. And maybe again it'll come back and you'll get to do it again. Joy lasts forever. Pleasure is purely self-centered. It's all about your pleasure. It's about you. It's about it's a selfish, self-centered emotion that's created by a self-centered motive of greed. Joy is compassion. Joy is giving yourself to somebody else or something else. And it's a kind of thing that is in its subtlety and lowness, much more powerful than pleasure. If you get hung up on pleasure, you're doomed. If you pursue joy, you will find everlasting happiness. So with that, I'm gone. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. Wow. Okay. I got a lot to say, but I'm kind of dumbfounded at the same time. I could I could listen to him talk forever. The thing I uh, there's a few things here. One of the main things is, of course, when he talked about how he wanted to race cars and build cars and this and that, and he got into a very bad car accident and it put him in the hospital and you know he almost died. Life has a funny way of doing these kind of things where you think you're headed down a certain path, and this happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to a lot of you in the chat. Well, you're so adamant on a certain path you think you're you're on the right direction you're going the right direction everything and you, you're hit with a massive curveball who would ever think okay yeah I'm going to get in a car accident uh, okay yeah I'm, I'm, I'm almost going to die okay yeah this, this is going to change that's going to change there have been so many different points in my life where I thought this is the way it's going to be it's just going to keep going this way but then I'm hit with this massive curveball that completely just shifts my alignment of uh, what I want to do and what I'm going to do in my future and turns me in a completely different direction. Take the channel, for instance. This was never intended. I was never intended to be a, a YouTuber, to be doing what I'm doing today. I, it was never a thing. Uh, you know. So what, whatever you're doing, I think we can take some inspiration from what Mr. Lucas tells us here and which is that if you're hit with a curveball sometimes I think that's life's way of saying hey why don't you check out some different avenues I got this one buddy who was an amazing amazing baseball player scholarships everything injured his knee all done it's all gone and I think that that's maybe life's way of telling him that, hey, I think you're destined for something else. There's another path out there for you that can take you into a different direction that is the will of the force. You know, not, not to get all sci-fi and, and, and fictional, like Qui-Gon would say or whatever, but in a weird sense, 
if George had gone and, and not gotten in that accident, I mean, maybe he would have continued doing what he was doing, building cars and racing cars. Maybe he would have opened a track and done that. If he didn't go with his friend to take that random test, ended up passing, and then had his friend convince him to go and do this, who knows where he'd be. He didn't even know that he could take those kind of courses in school when he got accepted. So, I mean, everything was lined up like a domino, and it led him to where he is today, which in turn leads you guys here, stopping you from doing whatever you're spo other otherwise would be doing. Maybe right now, I don't know, I don't want to get too weird or anything, but maybe right now something, you'd be doing something else, and that could lead to a different turn in your life, right? But you're here, you're watching this video, and it's all because of what George did. And if George didn't make Star Wars, if he didn't go the path that he went... I wouldn't be here. Who knows what I would be doing? Maybe I'd be dead. Maybe I'd be doing something I'd, I'm just miserable in and I don't really enjoy. Because honestly, I've never been more happy in my life doing this. Ever. In the beginning, so many people, comments, people I know in person, they're just, oh, you'll never, you'll never make it. Like, when I was, when I was gung-ho on like making my channel my thing. Like once I started it and I was like, okay, wow, I, I really enjoy this. And I kept going and I started to gain some subs and I was like, oh, wow, I'm just going to keep going with this. And the sleepless nights working literally around the clock, sacrificing everything, literally everything. You guys know the story. I had so many people who'd be like, yeah, you can't do it. Ah, oh, you're going to kill yourself. Ah, oh, you shouldn't do it. Ah, oh, it's just, it's a one-time thing. Ah, oh, whatever. You can't listen to people, you know? And that's not to say that you should just be hell-bent on what you think you should do. Because sometimes what you think you should do is garbage. Like it's literally going to lead you down the wrong path. So you got to really have that gut feeling and know like, is this really the right thing for me? And when life hits you with those curveballs, it's a good opportunity for you to pause, slow down and really think about your next steps. It's a very insightful video. I wish this would get crazy views, not for my sake. I wish the original video would get some crazy views because I think only a quarter million people saw it. But probably one of my most important videos and interesting videos with you guys to talk about because I feel like at the end of the day, sure, we all enjoy Star Wars, but we all have a life path. Right. We all have we all want to do extraordinary things with our lives. No one wants to be a loser. No one wants to uh, just fail. Everyone wants to see their dreams fulfilled and to succeed because as humans, that's just what we it's programmed. If we were programmed to fail and not really care, then well, we wouldn't really be here. We probably would have been dead or extinct. Something else would have beaten us. So that being said, I mean, I'm not saying totally disregard what your parents say in this and that. For the most part, they know what's up. But also, you always have to listen to yourself and what you truly want. Because at the end of the day, no one is going to be able to know more about you and your interests than you. There's no point doing something uh, for money if you're miserable. There's no point doing something if you don't really enjoy it. Or because someone tells you to do something. And we see that all the time with people, right? You're kind of like, ah, yeah, I'm just thrown into this category, this job, because I just feel like that's just kind of where life led me. It's like, well, 
sure, but is it truly what you are happy doing? And this is something that I don't know where I heard this from, but I, f I feel like people should people should turn their hobbies into their careers and not necessarily from like a money standpoint, like, oh, haha. Even if you got a job right now and it's making, you know, a lot more money than... If you're making a lot of money right now, but you're miserable, what's the point? I'd rather you make money, decent money, but be extremely, as he said, full of joy. Because at the end of the day, money can only buy pleasure. And that's short-lived, as George said. And you always got to try to outdo the last buy, the last purchase. So if you can do something that you truly enjoy, where you wake up every day and you're really happy and you're genuinely in your gut, you're happy to be doing what you're doing, you're thankful to be doing what you're doing, you're winning. I don't care what the paycheck is, you know? You're absolutely winning. Now, if the paycheck is huge and you're happy, well, I mean, hey, you know, what more can you ask for? And you're healthy, what more can you ask for, you know? But I would say the, the biggest joy is probably... You know what my biggest joy is? Is, is when I give uh when i find like i donate or I, or I i you know give something to my parents or someone i care for it's it's it gives me so much more enjoyment and happiness than anything else and there are a lot of things that can make me happy you know but so i i think the more you focus on i don't want to say just focus on others but the more you focus the less you focus on intrinsic things, selfish things, as George said, I think the happier you're going to be in life. If you're happier in life, you're on a higher elevation and you're just going to do better no matter what you do because everything you do, you're, you're approaching it from a different viewpoint. And this is really kind of my, what I've been training my mind to do since I was a kid. It's just keep the negative away, the dramatic away, all the, the bullshit away and just go for what you want as long as it's, you know, it's not hurting anybody and it's not hurting you and this and that, just go for what you want in the most positive way that you can. Because that's really all that matters. So, I think this video is absolutely beautiful. Um, let's see what you guys are saying. Hello from Saskatchewan. What up, man? <laughs> you remember Meadow. Thanks, man. You just watched this this morning. I love how George talks about pleasure, pleasure versus joy. Such a wise man. He really is. <laughs> she made a YouTube channel. He just like talked. <laughs> That'd be cool. She like talked about his experiences and like making movies and like stuff. Like that. It's always insightful hearing um, educated people talk about things. This is a very important message for everyone. Life has a way of changing our perspective. I am a proud music writer, photographer, graphic designer, and much more. You're an amazing voice, Star Wars Theory. Thanks, man. I'm sure you're amazing at what you do. And I'm sure, or maybe, you, maybe you know, you were lucky enough to know what you wanted to do and start writing. For me, I started, um, the first job I wanted, <coughs> I kid you not, the first job I ever wanted was to work at Lucasfilm as a VFX specialist. And then it later, you know, transformed into uh, astronaut as every, you know, child does. And then, uh, or most child, most children. And then it was, um, I wanted to work for NASA for the longest time. I wanted to program robots and send them to space. Um, emailed NASA asking, you know, what books and courses to read and, and take in school and this and that when I was uh, in eighth grade. And I think for you Americans, it's what, a junior? 
Is that a junior? Is that a sophomore? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, life's an interesting thing. Blink and you could miss it. That's really all I wanted to talk about. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the stream. Hope you took something from what George said. And uh, I'll see you in tomorrow's video. More fan fictions to come. Love you guys. We're all in it together. I'll catch you later.